You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Yes, our people, the time of the evening uh, where we join uh, one of our favorites, uh, Maulana Salim Karim, on the segment uh, Pertinent uh, Punctuated. And I can tell you, this evening will be an, uh, uh, you know what, I'm calling it a bonus edition because uh, Sheikh Shui Maida is somewhere. I don't know whether he's in this part of the world or the other part of the world. But uh, with the Maulana Salim Karim being on Pertinent uh, Punctuated, everyone is telling me, give me more. Okay, we're going to give you more this uh, this evening because uh, yeah, there was a jolly grubber sometimes. I don't know if Molana was a young lad then. If he's going to have his uh, jolly grubber, it was there in, uh, uh, let's see, that street was known as Pine Street. And that aroma used to be all over, all over Durban. Molana Salim Karim, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And jazakallah khair for joining us on your segment, Pertinence are Punctuated. And how are you doing this fine, beautiful evening, Molana? Alhamdulillah, Shafat Bhai, Wa Alaikum Assalam, Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh, Assalam, Qabil Al Kalam, the beautiful hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. First greet and then, inshallah, start your conversation. May Allah Ta'ala grant all of us afiyat. Yes, the month of Muharram, already the 15th of Muharram, and we have been in the new year now, and the big question here, yeah, Shafat Bhai. What difference are we making in our lives? This is a question. We see all the uh, advances and all the innovations that are carrying around, inshallah, all of these. A lot of changes in the government, in the laws, in our ways and habits. But the basic question here is, how much have I changed? That's the question. So may Allah Ta'ala grant us tawfiq that our life must be devoted to Allah in the obedience of Rasulullah and serving humanity. This is what real Islam is. Worshipping Allah, following the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and serving humanity. May Allah Ta'ala make it easy, Shafat Bhai. The world is going through enough disaster turmoil. And Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, Zahar al-Fasadu fil barri wal bahri bima kasabat aidin nas. It's our gunas, it's our wrongdoings. So a dua to Allah, O oh Allah, please fix the problems of my heart and soul. O oh Allah, please make me righteous and grant me sabr. And oh Allah, help me to me to remain patient. And this is going to be our reality, Shafat Bhai. Oh Allah, when my bones are lying beneath the soil, when I am long forgotten, grant me people who will make dua for me endlessly. Amin. Subhanallah. As I always say, leave behind a legacy, Shafat Bhai that do those amals and deeds in this dunya, that people can remember you and make dua for you. And how true it is, Shafat Bhai, when our loved ones bury us in the cupboard and they leave, you're left alone. The only companion you have is your good deeds. Because what's going to happen? No friends, no family, no wealth. Just me and my deeds. And sins 
death, grave, hereafter. They are four words. Read them and destroy your ego. So today we want to devote some time about this arrogance and ego that we have in us. Remember, no friends, no family, no wealth, just me and my deeds alone in the cupboard. And we keep saying this, I'm going to change. He said, I will change tomorrow. But the decree of death was today. It's too late. You and I don't know what's going to happen to us in the next split second. Allah is all-knowing. So what's your duty and my duty? So be patient with gracious patience. So that being our starting point, Shafat Bhai, how do we get rid of ego? This arrogance, this pride, this greatness that you and I feel. So let's see what Imam Ghazali Rahmatullah said. Imam Ghazali Rahmatullah was a brilliant scholar. He said, declare war on 12 enemies you cannot see. Definitely shaitan is your enemy and consider him your enemy. There are enemies that we can see who are visible and there are enemies that are invisible. So Imam Ghazali Rahmatullah is saying that declare war on these enemies you cannot see, then fight the enemies that you can see. Why are we losing the battle today, Shafat Bhai? Why can't we succeed against the enemies of Islam? Because we have enemies within us which we haven't sorted out. Because Allah Ta'ala says, Nasrum min Allahi wa fathun Allah. If you help Allah, Allah will help you. So why isn't Allah's help not forthcoming? So we have lots of enemies that we cannot see within us that we need to eradicate and remove. Then we will see the real enemies of Islam and fight them and defeat them. So what are those enemies that we cannot see? Number one is egoism. I'm better than you. I'm smarter than you. I always say in my nikah bayan, Insan has got a lot of pride. Shaitan had pride in him. Allah threw him out of Jannat and cursed him till the day of Qiyamah. So when you get married, we have our ego. The wife has got her ego in her. The man has got his ego in him. But nikah is such a bond and such a union that we learn to tolerate and accommodate each other. Subhanallah, what a beautiful saying. Because I come with my own ideas and ideology and my own style. Gee? My wife comes with her own idea and ideology. 
So how do we mix or how do we gel? We can only gel if we learn to give and take. I need to fight my ego. I can't say that it's my way or the highway. Or the wife cannot say it's going to be my way or the highway. We need to adjust. We need to accommodate, Shafan Bhai. So one of the unseen enemies is our egoism. Number two is our arrogance. Shaitan was arrogant with Allah Rabbul Alameen. Allah cursed him and threw him out. Conceit that everything must be for me. Selfishness. We don't want to share our love. We don't want to share our advices. We don't want to share our wealth. We don't want to share our time. Everything is self-centered. Number five is greed. Saman soberas ki pal ki khabar nahi. We've accumulated wealth. But we don't know what's going to happen in the next split second. And then last, jawani masti mein guzar gai. Look at the youth today. Look at the young men and women. What are they involved in? Zina to the highest order. Or guna karkar kamal samasti. They're proud about it. I'm dating so and so. I'm dating so and so. Subhanallah. Allah protect us. Fight your nafs. Fight your lust. And how do you fight your lust, Shafat Bhai? Lower your gaze. Think for one moment. GS comes in the hadith. To touch the hand of a na-mahram. It's better that nails be screwed through your through your hand. The pain that you suffer is better than the azab that you're going to get on the day of Qiyamah for touching the hand of a ghayr mahram woman. That's a mafum of the hadith. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam never in his life touched the hand of a ghayr mahram. Yes, it is your mahrams, your mother, your sister, your aunt. Your niece, they are mahrams. You can make musafaha with them. Anyone besides that, it is not jayis and permissible. So now, as I said, jawani masti mein guzar gayi, burhaapi susti mein guzar gayi. Number seven, intolerance. No sabarinas. Left, right, talaks executed and blurted out. No tolerance whatsoever. Anger. Good. You cannot have a good relationship with anybody, whether in business or with your family, if you talk about lies. Then, number 10, cheating. Why can't there be honesty in our dealings? Honesty in our thoughts and actions. So we cheat. Then again, gossiping, zibat. Ghibat is worse than zina. But it's a daily occurrence that we get ourselves tangled in. And slandering. We don't know anything about that person, but we slander them. So Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi is saying, okay, declare war on these items, egoism, arrogance, conceit, selfishness, greed, Lust, intolerance, anger, lying, cheating, gossiping, and slandering. Then you will fight the enemies you can see.
So, Safar Bhai, Allah Ta'ala, grant us tawfiq. We have this beautiful deen. We don't know for how long we are going to live. But when Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala wants to favor you, Subhanallah, then Allah Ta'ala gives you the best of both worlds. As Rasulullah said, whoever has been bestowed with four gifts, and Allah has given him everything of this world. What are those four things? And that's what we need to strive for. We fight these 13 inequalities, these enemies, and return, see what Allah gives to you, Shafatwai. If Allah has given you these four beautiful qualities, Allah has given you the best of the world. Number one, if Allah has given you a heart that is grateful and you are happy with Allah's decision, that you make shukr to Allah. And somebody asked a good question, what's the meaning of shukr? We always say shukr alhamdulillah, shukr alhamdulillah. What's the meaning of shukr? That whatever bounties Allah has given you, use those bounties in the obedience of Allah. That is called shukr. So you have a person who has a heart that is content. We don't have contentment of the heart. We've got big, big kitabs written contentment of the heart. But do we, after reading, do we feel that contentment? Do we really feel the connection with Allah? When you think of your gunas, do tears stream down your cheeks? Do you rush to the musalla? Do you offer two rakat salatu tawbah? Do you give sadaqah? Do you make a promise to Allah? Allah, I won't repeat this guna again. Something is lacking somewhere. But if Allah has given you four things, you've got the best of both worlds in the akhirah. Number one, qalbun shakir. Allah has given you a heart that is content. Number two, lisanun zakir. That Allah has given you a tongue which is in the constant remembrance of Allah. If I have the remembrance of Allah on my tongue all the time, will I lie? Will I make ghibat? Will I slander? Will I swear? Gee, no. Because I'm conscious that this tongue, Allah Pak gave me this gift. Look at those who cannot speak. They're deaf and dumb. They can't hear, they can't speak. Gee. And you, Allah, and Allah has given you and me this tongue. And what are we using it for? For lies, swearing, ghibat? No. You must make lak shukar to Allah. So you see Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. So far by every morning, he would hold his tongue, pull it, and he would address his tongue and say, Khuda ke liye tum durust raho. For Allah's sake, please be in check. Because if you are in check, then this whole body will be in check. As Rasulullah said, you guarantee me that you look after two pieces of flesh in your body and I will guarantee you Jannah. One is that piece of flesh between your lips, which is your tongue. That's why Allah Park has burglar guarded your mouth with a set of teeth. Two things Rasulullah said. You guarantee me, you will look after it. And don't abuse it. I'll guarantee you Jannah.
is your town and one is your private parts. You will not commit zina, fornication or any activity that will lead you to commit the act of zina. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. So if Allah has given you a tongue, in other words, most of the time when you see people, they're either reading Duru Sharif, they're reading Quran, they're giving waz and nasihat. All these are forms of zikr. We are speaking to you now, This we are also engaged in zikrullah. Is zikrullah doesn't necessarily mean Allah, subhanallah, alhamdulillah. Every act of obedience is considered zikrullah. And the third thing, وَبَدَنَ and sabira. Allah has given you a body, whatever pain, wounds, sickness inflicted, you consider it a mercy from Allah and you exercise sabr. See, whatever pain you go through and for every ache and pain in your body, Allah is raising your darajat, your status. Allah is forgiving your sabira gunas and Allah is rewarding you. So if you have a body, yes, in the beginning we are young, energetic, no sicknesses, subhanAllah. Some of us are born for good sicknesses. You find babies born with diabetes. We are, we are babies who are born with a heart in the hole. A hole in the heart. Sorry, gee, a hole in the heart, a newborn baby. That little baby has to go for heart surgery. So many difficulties for the Muslim parents. But for every taklif and worry and concern, in Allah Ta'ala is going to reward us for our patience. So if you suffer pain and ache in your body, don't complain. My body is paining, my head is paining. Shikayat mat karo. And number two, har ko apne bimari ko mat batao. Don't go about broadcasting to people, I got heart attack, I got this, this sickness, I got that sickness. Allah Akbar. One day Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was with Hadrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Hadrat Jibra'il alayhi salam comes to Rasulullah and says hey, Allah ta'ala has conveyed salams to you and Hadrat Abu Bakr Siddiq or Hadrat Abu Bakr Siddiq Allah Pak has sent a message why Jibra'il, why Rasulullah Hazrat Abu Bakr said, Inshallah, Allah will grant him shifa and he'll be well. Rasulullah was surprised and he said, Ya Abu Bakr, why didn't you tell me that you're not well? Look at the answer. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq said, Why should I complain about my Allah who's given me so many bounties? So the point here is that me, you, and some of us, we just love to work for sympathy. Somebody must feel sorry for us. No. Inshallah, these you make sabr. On the day of Qiyamah, one person will be brought to Shafat. Allah Pak will ask him, what deeds did you do in the dunya, my banda? He said, Rabbul Alameen, nothing. I was an outright rotter. Which bin a Allah Pak will say to the Faristas, check his books of records. And the Farishad will say, Oh Allah, one night he was tossing and turning on his bed with excruciating pain. 
And all of a sudden, from his mouth, it came out, Allah. Sometimes when we are pain, we lying on our bed, our sick bed, or in the hospital bed, who are you crying for? Two people. One is Allah, and one is Ma. You cry out for your mother. So this person, Gunehgar, all his life. So one day, in excruciating pain, he said, Allah. Allah Park says to the Paristas, bring him here. And says, Banda, you said you got no, no deeds to present here today. But remember this one occasion. This is what you did and what you said. You said, Allah, you don't worship me. You don't make my ibadat. You're not obedient to me. But you took my name, Allah, just because you uttered my name and took my name. I've forgiven you. So make sabr. This is what I'm saying, Shafat Bhai. Read the Masnoon du'as. La ba'sa tahurun, insha'Allah. Allahumma shfihim, Allahumma afihim. Number two, ya halimu, ya karimu, ishfini. And then see, 40 times read, la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minaz zalimeen. When you go and visit a sick person, read this beautiful dua, la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu minaz zalimeen. 40 times, make dumb in a glass of water. And drink it. Or give the person who is not well to drink it. If Shifa is written for him, Allah will cure him. And if he passes away, he passes away as a shaheed. Subhanallah. So, Wabadan and Sabira. Look after this body. Don't abuse this body. His body needs to rest. Don't push yourself and chase behind this dunya. Your wife also, your family needs you. They need family time. They need me time with you. Where are we? And finally, If Allah has given you a pious wife, Shafat Bain, Subhanallah, you got the best of both worlds. So number one, Allah has given you a heart that is content a tongue which is in the constant zikr of Allah, a body that is always patient and persevered, and number four, Allah has given you a pious wife. Don't only run behind beauty. Beauty is only skin deep. But taqwa and akhlaq will increase day by day. Fasfar bizati deen, give preference to deen. So may Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq, this is what I'm saying. Learn to fight your ego and bring tawazu and simplicity and humbleness in our life. So may Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Not sure if you have a question or two, Shafat Bhai, but I think that's the message. Fight your hidden enemies, overpower them, and then fight the enemies that you can see, and then see what Allah gives to you, and health and nusrat comes from Allah. 
Intriguing indeed, uh, Molana. And as you know, you, you should be sure because when you come on, there's uh, so many questions. I showed you the files the other day. Up there, okay, it's like an encyclopedia. And I have to look now, sift through which one is apt to ask you. But before I go through our files here, Molana, this story about you know, Nabi Muhammad وسلم, uh, telling us uh, that the worst of arrogance is the arrogance of a poor beggar. Could you elaborate on that, uh, Molana? Because we see that uh, quite often nowadays. See, Shafadbhai, yes, this is sad. First of all, in Islam, richness and poorness. Who is a rich person? In terms of Shariat, a rich person who Allah has given wealth and he utilizes his wealth in the khidmat of deen, in the khidmat of Islam, and in the helping of the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Now, a poor person, in another hadith, Rasulullah said, a poor person will enter Jannah 500 years before the rich. So what's the logic behind it? Because Shafatbai, when you have a lot of possessions, you have to give accountability. And I always share this uh, example, that you go to supermarkets, you have normal till and you have an express till. If you've got five items, Unless you go through the exp- uh, express mm. term. In two minutes, you're out. And if you've got a trolley full of groceries, you have to wait half an hour sometime, one hour sometime, 45 minutes. Because each item has to be tilled and packed. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as Habib said, that the poor will enter Jannah 500 years before the rich. The Sahaba Ikram said, but why, Ya Rasulullah? Because they have less to account for. Gee. But somebody has got nothing, he's supposed to be humble, he's supposed to be simple. But no, he wants to show arrogance, he wants to show anger. That's why Hudu sallallahu alayhi wa said that a person, Allah is not happy with a person that is poor and has got arrogance in him. When you have nothing, you should have tawazo in you, humility in you, simplicity in you. In al-bazazata min al-iman, simplicity is part of our iman. So, nevertheless, you should never be upset if Allah Ta'ala hasn't given you what your Muslim brother doesn't have. You don't have it. You make sabr. Maybe Allah has given you something better than what that person has. But we're looking at it from a worldly point of view, materialistic point of view. So, because of anger sometimes, arrogance comes into us. And on the other side, those of us who Allah has made us rich and Allah has provided for everything, we should treat the poor with dignity and respect. That's why in matters of deen, look at those who are superior than you. And matters of dunya, look at those who are below you. Allah gave you a beautiful house. Allah gave you a beautiful car. Allah has given you wealth. And those who are below you are poor, needy, destitute. Don't look at them with a bad eye. Don't look at them and mock them. You should make shukr, shukr to Allah and share your belongings. That's what Islam teaches us. But you have some brothers who are absolutely poor. The only thing that they have on their tongue is complain, vulgarity, and they show the arrogance ever ready to fight. That type of a person Allah Ta'ala dislikes. Because that's where you're supposed to show your humility and your sabr and your akhlaq should always be good. And inshallah, whatever Allah has given, you appreciate it. So Allah Ta'ala protect us from such arrogance and such uh, behavior.
Jaya Molana, this is a very relevant question here, and it's uh, from Anonymous uh, Sister. <laughs> she says, uh, Molana, recently uh, the populist group leader, Julius Malema, has been making inflammatory statements uh, like, uh, kill the boar, kill the farmer. Allah forbid, soon he will say, kill the kill the Indians and kill all those uh, settlers that came from uh, the subcontinent. Molana, what do we do in the, uh, these uh, circumstances? Is it we as a Muslim community that's to blame for this man's uh, uh, rhetoric or we have we failed uh, to give him the dawah or is this a punishment on us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are going to hear words like this as those that make, uh, that make sajda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Malana, that's quite a probing question and how would you respond to our anonymous sister? Allahumma inni as'aluka al-afwa wal-afiyata fi-dini wal-dunya wal-akhirah. One. Number two, we should engage in lots of istighfar and dua. Number three, we should be reciting the Qur'an daily. Number four, we should be reciting Hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil, ni'mal mawla wa ni'mal nasir. That's the recipe to fight any evil. Number two, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's hadith, the mafum of the hadith, A'amalukum ummalukum. Your actions and our actions will determine who the rulers are going to be. The signs of Qiyamah is jahil, ignorant, Uneducated people will become leaders of communities and nations. That's a sign of Qiyamah. It's quite apparent. We see it happening in our country and elsewhere. So, to some degree, we have to take responsibility. A'malukum ummalukum. Our actions, how we behave as Muslims. Our relationship with Allah. Our relationship with the makhluk of Allah. Our commitment to deen and Islam, if we are faltering, then Allah will bring about such tyrants, will create such havoc and such atrocities that it will go down in history. So, as I said, you and I, we need to ask Allah for afiyat and protection. Our akhlaq needs to change. We should come close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 313 Sahaba had nothing with them, no weapons, very little. In the Battle of Badr, Rasulullah cried the whole night. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq went to comfort Rasulullah. Yeah, Rasulullah, Baskiji, you cried enough last night. Baskiji. And who did Allah send to help the Sahaba and grant them victory? Allah Pak sent angels. So, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power, nothing is impossible if you and I can change and become better Muslims and become muttaqi and parhezgan. And we commit to the deen of Allah and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We cannot do very much. We are the minority in this country. But we have the most powerful weapon in the world. And that's the Quran and dua. If we engage in the recitation of the Quran and dua day and night, Get up at tahajjud time and cry to Allah. Allahumma inni ha'udhu bika min al-fitani ma zahara minha wa batan. Inshallah, Allah will protect us, our properties, our izzat, our children, and Allah will protect our deen. Jee shafat
Yes, uh, Maulana. You know, on the same uh, topic and uh, theme moving through here, uh, a brother says, Assalamu alaikum. I really enjoy uh, Maulana Salim Karim on your shows, uh, Brother Shafaat, and also on many other platforms. Uh, he's uh, truly a very sincere alim. Allah keep him, Allah bless him, and bless his family members for giving him the time to share his knowledge with uh, the Ummah. Yes, uh, Jazakallah khair for that. He goes on to say, Maulana, what about those uh, type of people that uh, panda up to non-Muslims officials uh, to gain favor by giving uh, donations up to these uh, non-Muslim uh, parties and non-Muslim leaders. And uh, what about them uh, that go and bribe uh, building inspectors or health inspectors, etc., etc.? Uh, what type of uh, Muslim is this? Molana? Ki Molana. First of all, Allah said in the Quran, وَتَعَوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ Help each other in promoting taqwa and good deeds. وَلَا تَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَالْأُدْوَانِ And do not be part and parcel of sin and guna and enmity. Quran is very clear. Number two, Rasulullah's hadith, the person who takes a bribe and who gives a bribe, both of them will be in Jahannam. Hmm. Clear-cut masla. Thirdly, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whoever cheats, falaysa minna, is not from amongst my ummah. This is unacceptable behavior. Rightfully, whatever you have to do, you work for it. It's your halal money. It's your hard work. You have a right. You have channels. If some reason or the other, your work cannot be done, you can take it to higher authorities. But because now it's becoming a norm in our country, gee, nothing goes without bribery. You must still try your best. That I want to be within the law. I will not break the law. Because if I'm doing something that is haram, I need to clear that container at the dock. Gee? And that official is bribing and he wants money for it. So I want to clear that container of minds. Gee? Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu atiyu allaha wa atiyu rasoola wa la tubtilu amalakum. O you who believe in Allah and his Rasul, don't destroy your good deeds. So are we going to earn haram? Are we going to feed haram? Are we going to give haram donations to madrasas and masjids? Are we going to take that same haram money and go for hajj and umrah and accept Allah to Allah Ta'ala to accept our amals? No, it won't. Gee. So Shafat Bhai, whatever the law says, go within the law. Act within the ambit of the law. Why do we have to go the incorrect way and the haram way? It is clear, the person who takes a bribe and the person who gives the bribe, both of them are gunahgars in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So may Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq that our mu'amulat, our dealings, our ibadat is perfect, alhamdulillah, shafat bhai. But when it comes to our dealing, many of us will be caught on the day of Qiyamah. Because we think that we are five-time namazis, we do hajj and umrah every year, we give charities, we do this, we do that. But our dealings... As they always say, you know, love like brothers and deal like strangers. Mm. Love like brothers and deal like strangers. If I'm dealing a business deal with my father or my brother, 
how I deal with a stranger, I will deal exactly like that with my father. Gee? And every business transaction, write it down, document it. There are so many things that we say. In that one zamana, Shafat Bhai, we were so honest. Our word was our honor during our father's and grandfather's time. If they said to you and they promised you, they will definitely deliver what they promised. Today, when you make a promise, it's actually I'm lying to you. I won't do it. That's how sad because you don't even know who to trust, even if they're speaking the truth because falsehood has become so armed in the community, breaking promises. So, inshallah, we as Muslims, we should lead by example and abstain from all these najais and haram activities, try to live a straightforward life, even if we have to make sacrifices, do it for the pleasure of Allah. But I won't allow my family to eat haram and benefit from haram. This question here says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Maulana Salim Karim. Although I am an alim, but I find it uh, imperative that I ask you this question. My papa uh, was a very pious man, in my opinion. He was a five times namazi, and he gave a lot lot of uh, donations uh, to Dioband. But after his death, I inherited, uh, mashallah, quite a bit of money, and I still give out in uh, Papa's name to Dioband. But uh, some of his tenants have come to me and said uh, Papa was very harsh to them, and at times I threw them out because they couldn't meet uh, their rentals. What do I do, Molana? Do I give something extra in Papa's name? I'm devastated to hear this this message because I was a... Very late, uh, late uh, birth uh, son. Uh, Molana, how you respond uh, to this uh, anonymous alim here? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him. May Allah ta'ala forgive the shortcomings of his parents, especially his father, being a good person, giving charity. But as I said to you, gee, how do you deal with a fellow human being, especially his landlords and tenants? Mm. Is such a problem, Shafat Bhai. I think one of the days, maybe in our next uh, session, we need to raise the issues that some of the landlords are facing and some of the tenants that are facing. It's horrific if you hear some of the incidents that take place. So now that this has come to, to light, all we need to do is to give out charity in the name of Allah, hoping that this charity will suffice for a compensate for the shortcomings of whatever the the father had done as being a landlord. The right thing to do is make dua. Allah forgive us and forgive him. Give out a charity, hoping that on the day of Qiyamah, this will compensate for the shortcomings for which the tenants have complained and the landlord had been unjust in certain matters. That's the only thing that we can do because the marhum is gone. We cannot hold him accountable right now. It's the tenants who are saying this. We must always listen to both sides of the story. Maybe there were some uh, shortcomings on the tenant side, some shortcomings on the landlord side. So as a son, as an alim, the right thing to do, make a lot of istighfar, make dua for your father. Allahumma khfir lana walahu. Allah forgive them and forgive me. Insha'Allah, give a lot of charity with this near that Allah, whatever my father's mistakes were or shortcomings, Allah, let this charity compensate for those shortcomings. That That's the advice I would give Shafat. Jazakallah khair for that. Uh, anonymous uh, brother says, uh, Maulana Salim Karim, uh, brother Shafat Samad Khan, Jazakallah khair uh, for giving us a brilliant nasiha. I want to share a story with uh, Maulana Salim Karim. 
Uh, Molana, when I was a young man, today I am uh, 55 years old, but when I was a young man, there were these two uncles of mine that always used to hit me for nothing, and uh, my own uh, uh, mother never hit me, my father never hit me, and I was often at this time when they had to hit me because I lost my dad. And I still can't forget the hiding they gave me for no reason. Every time I think of them, uh, Molana, I want to give them a bad dua. Please, Molana, help me, because I don't know if I'm doing wrong uh, in uh, giving them uh, these curses. Molana, how you respond to that, uh, to that brother, Molana? You know, as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, sila rehmi and family ties, it's of utmost importance in Islam. If you want a wonderful life, a long life, and you want barakat in your rosy, then be good to your family. What is the famous hadith of Rasulullah? What is akhlaqi karima, akhlaqi hasana, akhlaqi azima? Ji, is wa'fu amman zalamak. Forgive those who oppressed you, who caused you pain and suffering. What atrocities the kuffar and Quraysh of Makkah did on Rasulullah? Rasulullah was banished from Makkah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sworn at. While making sajda, the Quraysh brought the whole intestines of a camel and placed it onto the neck of Rasulullah. Such humiliation. But look at Rasulullah's response. When Allah made Makkah, 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 Fatha, victorious, and Rasulullah is now returning to Makkah as a victor, the Quraysh are shaking with fear. What they did to Rasulullah, they thought that Rasulullah would do the same to them. Punish them, execute them, gee, torture them. But what did Rasulullah say? La tasriba alaykum Today, I have no grudge against you. Today, I have nothing against you. Yaghfirullah May Allah forgive you. So, wa'afu amman zalamak. It's a very difficult thing to do, Shafaba. Mm. Because you went through a lot of pain and suffering. But can we not take from Rasulullah's beautiful teachings, gee, maaf karna siko. Learn to forgive and learn to forgive others. Inshallah, my advice to the young man, don't make but dua for them. They made big mistakes in their life. They will see the, the repercussion of it. But you as being a nephew, inshallah, have a big heart. Never mind. Go and say to them, it's fine. Whatever you did to me, I will still forgive you. And I still want to maintain family ties. But never make but dua for your family and for anybody for that matter. As Rasulullah said, give to those who deprive you. I have a fight with my brother or my father. My father says, I disown you. I will not give you inheritance. As a father, you cannot do that, whether your son is a drug addict with a rubbish or whatever he is. His half of inheritance will be given to him, irrespective. But Allah Ta'ala has said clearly in the Quran, you so where parents get angry and so furious that they reject the son completely, yes, if your son becomes a murtad, leaves the fold of Islam, then he gets nothing, obviously. But as long as he's a reciter of La ilaha illallah, he's still a Muslim. He's entitled to that inheritance. Yes, if you kill your father, then you're not entitled to inheritance. Nothing. You won't get one cent. As a lot of people do, they know their father is very, very rich. So what they do? They plan the assassination, get hired killers to kill the father, 
thinking that he's going to inherit the entire empire. That son will never, ever get one cent from that father's inheritance. So if you become a murtad or you murder your father, you will not inherit one cent from your father. Hmm. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. Yes, uh, this question says here, uh, Maulana Salim Karim, uh, Mama and Papa want me to get married. I'm a professional and I know I want to get married. But I told Mama and Papa, one condition, I must have a rich girl. I don't want a poor girl. Maulana, am I sinning in my thoughts? Uh, Maulana, how do you respond to this brother? Definitely, the brother's thoughts are sinful. Because Rasulullah said, Tunkahul mar'uli arba'in. When you want to propose for a girl and you intend to marry, look for four qualities. Number one, that she comes from a, a good home financially. One. Number two, because she's very beautiful. Number three, she comes from a respectable, well-known, reputable family. Or she has beautiful akhlaq in her, morals in her. Fasfar bizati deen. If preference to deen, you will always be successful. Shafat Bhai, today I can be a rich man, tomorrow I can be a pauper. Mm. Today I can be a handsome guy, I can meet up with an accident, my whole face is disfigured. The handsomeness is gone. Today I come from a reputable family, tomorrow this family is involved in some crime, and the whole world disgraces this family, the name and fame of this family is gone. But what will remain forever is your taqwa and your akhlaq and your good mannerism. So for a son to say this, that one condition, mm. the brother unfortunately is misunderstanding what Sharia wants. As I said to you earlier on, when Allah gives you five, four things in this world, a heart that is content, a tongue that is in the remembrance of Allah, a body that is patient and persevering, and then zawjatun salih, Allah has given you a pious wife. That's what Sharia is looking for. Yes, beauty, wealth, nobility, these are all the extras. Alhamdulillah, it's a bonus. But what should be criteria? If I'm marrying a woman who will be able to, inshallah, look after me and bear children who will be, inshallah, sadaqatun jariya for us on the day of Qiyamat. Let's turn the tables here, Molana, and talk about the gold digger. I mean, uh, that type of a woman, she's only looking for the rich men. And, you know, some, uh, I mean, perhaps the mothers groom them. Yeah, you're going to marry that, but target that family and that family and that family. And in cases, it happens, Molana. Uh, your thoughts? It works both ways, inshallah. I mean, if a woman, her niyat is wrong. Allah is going to judge us by our niyat. That's why when you get married, you need to ask yourself, why am I getting married? Is it because of sex? Is it because of lust? Or is it because of money? Your niyat and my niyat when we get married... First is that we're accomplishing a sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And through the institute of marriage, Rasulullah said, Iltamisul fin nikah. Allah Park will enrich you through the beautiful institute of marriage. Number three, if both of them are poor, min fadri. If both the spouses, boy or girl, husband or wife, are poor, Allah Park says, I will enrich them. Yughnihimullahu min fadri. Fourthly, the hadith of Rasulullah, Allah Park says, my help is compulsory for that young man who's made an intention to marry. So when Allah is taking guarantee, Allah is standing responsibility, why should we marry for any other ulterior motive? And whoever married for money, 
those who married for beauty and those who married for name and fame. Those marriages failed and were doomed. And today, that couple are absolutely lost in this world. But whoever married for the pleasure of Allah and the sunnah of Rasulullah, Allah is keeping them alive. There's muhabbat, there's love, there's happiness, there's peace. Gee, Molana, brilliant indeed. And, uh, you know, uh, I was uh, listening to uh, one of my friends, and he's an alim. And he said, you know, Shaf, the only reason why we get married is uh, for procreation. And, uh, the, you know, that is one of the main things. And if we don't procreate every year, then uh, we are sinning. I mean, how true is that, Molana? Marry a woman who's got a lot of love to give to you. She must be so lovable. In every action from her head to toe, you can just see kindness, love is bubbling out. That's a good quality in a woman. Not somebody who uses their beauty and wealth as a bargaining chip. So, tazawwajul walud. Wadudul walud. Wadud means lovable. Absolutely loving and caring. And walud must be able to give birth to many a child. Why? So I could be honored in front of Allah on the day of Qiyamah by your vastness of the Ummah of Rasulullah. So many reciters of La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. This is for Rasulullah. We owe this to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So that on the day of Qiyamat, I can be proud standing in front of Allah amongst all the Anbiyas and their Umam and their congregation to say, Bari Ta'ala, I have the greatest and the most followers of your Tawheed, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. So it is a sign of gratitude. Inshallah, the more children we have, it's going to bring joy, happiness, and inshallah, respect to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day of Kedah. We're going to make this the last question, Morana. I know you and I can go on to Tahajjud because you're absolutely brilliant. Uh, this one says, yeah, Morana Salim Kareem, uh, please, uh, uh, please, I want to let you know and all the others know that divorce is not a shameful thing. I divorced twice because I was in hell hole. But my third wife, Allahu Akbar, she's such a gem. I'm smiling every day, Molana. I just want to tell men there, if you're in a hellhole, please don't stay in a hellhole. Divorce and Allah will send you the right partner. How do you respond to this brother here, Molana? Well, the opposite of nikah is talaq. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned the rules of talaq. Talaq umarratan. In Surah Baqarah, Allah Ta'ala has mentioned these rules, there's different types of talaqs, different circumstances. The one thing Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran, after trying everything to reconcile the marriage, get counseling, getting advice, getting ulama involved, gee, after all that, they still don't seem to get on. Then, فَسَرِّحُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ then set her free and let her go. And when she's going, give her a gift to show that we agree to disagree. We just cannot see eye to eye. We can just not agree. But you are still my Muslim sister. 
I will respect you. See how beautiful Islam is. So if the marriage is not working out, Shafat, you cannot live in an abusive marriage. Mm. I'm very clear in this matter. Shafat, why? You cannot live in a loveless marriage. And this keep, we keep saying this to the woman. Is sabar karo, sabar karo. And one sister got angry with me. Mm. And she says to me, Mulan, is this all you ulama know? I said, calm down, sister, what's your problem? He said, whenever we speak to the ulama, some of them, we are suffering. We are being abused day and night. We come to ulama for help. We go to the jamiats to help. They tell us, make sabar. So I'm going to change my name now. I'm going to call myself Sabira. <laughs> so it's not Shafat Bhai. Will I do the same thing for my daughter? If I know my daughter is suffering, Shafat Bhai, I can see the wounds in her, on her body. I can see the sadness. I can see her eyes are puffed every time I see my daughter. Don't you think it's going to hurt me deep down, Shafat Bhai? Mm. I'm human. I may kill that person for what he's done to my daughter. And still be said, go back. Go back. Mm. No, Shafatma is not on. If this is an abusive marriage, then the right the woman has a right to ask for a fuss or ask for a talaq. Or tell the husband, give me khula, the mahar that I, you gave me on the day of my nikah, take it back and just give me my talaq now. But you cannot let your daughter suffer in this like this, Shafatma. There are thousands of sisters who are crying, tears of blood every day. And we take this thing lightly. It's not such We have to talk about this topic. Hmm. Who's going to fight for the rights of our sisters who are being abused? We definitely have to. Hmm. Absolutely, Molana. Brilliant as usual, as I said. Your parting words uh, before you go? Just love Allah's creation. Allah ki se muhabbat karo. Just love Allah's creation. Allah will love you. But, Zakallah. Allah grants you afiat and good health. Shazakallah khaira, Molana. As I said, uh, we kept you on the Madison session, but inshallah, I really enjoyed every minute with you. You have a beautiful, beautiful evening ahead. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran. Yes, sir. Sterling Nasiya coming through there from our very own Molana Salim Karim. And uh, yeah, don't hesitate. Let those questions come in as they pile up on our. Uh, in our files here, and uh, whenever Molana is on, I'm pulling out these questions and posing it to him. And uh, mashallah, he uh, you know really responds uh, so positively to that, and uh, with that vast knowledge uh, that he has, uh, mashallah, he uh, really enjoys answering them. And he also told me to convey this message to you that he really appreciates you, and it is uh, you know the listenership uh, that uh, make up uh, the this program pertinence are punctuated. And uh, he tells me he visits a lot of. Uh, People and you know while he's on his drives and he's in different towns, and uh, people are commenting on how they enjoy the program. So a big jazakallah khair uh, to you all for that, and uh, make special duas uh, for the platforms of Marka Sahaba, the voice of the Ahl Sunnah Jamaa. That Alhamdulillah it grows from strength to strength under the uh, you know the captainship or under the guidance of our very own uh, Mufti A.K. Hussein Damud Barakatum. You know someone that has uh, mashallah served uh, the Ummah thus far for the distinction. I must also thank uh, our engineer, Luke Colo, for doing uh, great engineering uh, this evening. Keep it locked on to Marcus Sahaba for beautiful programming and uh, lovely nasheeds also interspersed from the team and I. Until we meet you again, we bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.